Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition and Life podcast. My name is Lisa. I am your host. And in today's episode, I want to talk about seven ways to minimize hunger in a weight loss phase. This is a topic that is very important to me as a nutrition coach, because aside from a lack of planning and preparation, hunger is really one of the main reasons why people fail at diets or give in too quickly and then have higher calorie days or bounce back too quickly. And secondly, also because I personally hate being hungry. I love eating. I look forward to every single one of my meals. I am a huge food-focused person, to be honest, in a good way, in the very best way I, I personally think. And therefore, I want to help people feel less hungry in a dieting phase. Of course, we have to acknowledge that there is always going to be a little bit of hunger present in a dieting phase because we are simply eating less than what our body requires to maintain its current form. And our body doesn't want to lose any weight, to be honest. Our body really loves status quo at pretty much all times. So we have to acknowledge that there's going to be some hunger. However, it shouldn't be consuming your entire day. It shouldn't it shouldn't keep you from performing your normal tasks and so on. So my goal with this podcast episode today is to give you some pointers that can help you feel fuller on a low amount of calories. So the first point that I'm going to mention here is whole foods. What do I mean by whole foods? Whole foods generally means a single ingredient food. So foods that that basically are potatoes, rice, chicken breast, broccoli. You know, they have they're not processed. They generally don't come in a package. Yes, chicken comes in a package. I know that. But you know what I mean? It's different to let's say bread or um ice cream or even things that we perceive to be healthy like a cereal bar or whatever and so things single ingredient things and they are generally going to be more satiating and there's also a lot of less room for error when it comes to the calories indicated on the packaging food manufacturers are actually allowed to have a reasonably high discrepancy between what's in their package pa packaging and what it says on the nutrition panel. There can be a discrepancy of up to, I think it's something like 30%. So, you know, even if something says it's only 100 calories, it might actually be 125. And those kind of things add up over time can, and they can really um, deteriorate or deter us on our diet. So the more whole foods, the better, generally speaking. But there are also some whole foods that I want you to be cautious of, and those are generally fats, so oils, nuts, nut butters, etc., which are not as satiating and definitely easier to overeat on, as well as some fruit, particularly if it is actually fruit juice. So again, processed. Um, but fruit, if we think back to uh, many, many years ago, um, when the harvest time came around, 
people were meant to overindulge a little bit in the fruit in order to put on a bit of body fat to make it through the winter. It was a sort of a survival strategy by mother nature and nowadays we really don't need that anymore we are not in any danger of not surviving and therefore um right we can ignore that and we simply cannot simply not just eat as much fruit as we want and uh before i move on to point number two which basically links onto that though um i do want to say that aside from the fact that we have to accept hunger is present at some stage during dieting phases we can also employ some mental techniques to reframe what hunger actually means because from a survival perspective our body wants us to perceive hunger and then go and seek out food to ensure that we are not starving but nowadays we can actually look at hunger as just something positive when we're in a dieting phase not always of course you should be hungry from time to time even when you're not in a dieting phase but in a dieting phase particularly when you notice the hunger, simply say to yourself, this is actually a sign that what I'm trying to do is working. This is a sign that I'm burning more calories than what my body needs, instead of simply thinking, oh, I need to go and eat right now. And and actually this sort of mm, survival instinct or cue or perception tends to be stronger in women than in men, to be honest. I hear rather often from clients, I just, I, I had this, it was, it was almost like a, a primal instinct that I just needed to go and eat something. It, it, it truly felt like I, I was going to die if I wasn't going to go and eat something. And that has to do with our blood sugar levels as well, which we are going to talk more about in a future episode. But nonetheless, try to work with your mind as best as you can. Our internal self-talk is so so powerful so when you perceive hunger instead of thinking oh my gosh i'm so hungry i'm so so hungry i oh, i'm so hungry i need to go and eat something or oh, damn it i can't eat anything um screw this diet think of try to try to try your very best to reframe that in a positive way and simply saying thank you hunger thank you body for signaling me this because that means everything is working the way it should be however I logically know I'm in no danger. I can make it through these next couple of hours just fine. And food is just around the corner. But in any case, getting back to my list of seven things, the second point, and I almost wanted to make that the first point because because it's actually quite, quite important, maybe just as important, if not more important than the whole foods aspect. But the second point is protein. Protein is the most satiating, satiating macro, more satiating than carbs or fats in general. It is the hardest to break down by your body. That is why it stays in your digestive tract for longer and therefore um, is most satiating. And also research is showing that until a certain amount of amino acids, which is part of protein, hits your bloodstream your body doesn't release the satiation hormones. So meaning if you eat something that is worth 300 calories, that is just carbs and fats, you're not going to feel as satiated or you're not, your, your gut is not going to signal to your brain, hey, I'm actually starting to get satiated. 
in the same way that if you were to eat 300 gram, 300 calories of, um, let's say chicken breast and something else with that. And then, then your body would recognize those amino acids and send the signal much quicker to your brain. That is also why it's so important, um, particularly in the morning to have protein in your in, in your first meal. I mean, it doesn't have to be morning, but in, in that meal that you break your fast with essentially, because you are going to feel much more satiated throughout the rest of the day. So we, we want to have the right amount of amino acids in one meal, but especially in breakfast, because that kind of sets up your whole satiation system for the rest of the day. And that's one of the things that many, many clients report back to us after a few days or weeks um, on a slightly higher protein diet that their cravings have reduced massively throughout the rest of the day. And of course, in particular, um, often during PMS weeks or days, uh, a lot less sugary craving. You might still be slightly hungrier, but you're, you're craving less of those sugary foods and the amino acid content generally is the main reason for that. I do want to point out that it's important to increase your protein intake gradually. If you go from consuming only 50 or 60 grams per day right to 120 or 130 the next day, you're probably going to have a little bit of digestive discomfort, so more bloating, um, potentially a little bit gassy, but it's exactly for that reason that protein is hardest to digest, so your, your gut just has to get accustomed to it, and it's probably a little bit easier if you slowly bring that up from 50 or 60 grams to 70 to 90, 110, 130, you know, so keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that more is not necessarily always better. Some of the more, more experienced trackers or people that are generally um, very interested in nutrition and have already learned the importance of protein thing, oh, the more the better. So sometimes we go to extremes and increase our protein to two grams or more per pound of body weight. And that really is not necessary. In fact, that often comes to at the expense of reducing carbs too much or fats too much and we would be much more much better off with a more balanced approach and um, nonetheless I will say when people first start out or when people are traveling when people are eating out I would rather you go over on your protein target than anything else so if you have to exceed your calories then I usually prefer for people to do that through protein than through carbs and fats because it's just so much less likely to be stored as body fat than actual fat or carbs. The third advice that I have for you in order to keep your hunger down throughout a dieting phase would be to tweak your eating window and your meal sizes. This is incredibly individual, so I can't give a particular recommendation of, oh, everybody needs to be eating five meals and then they're going to feel the best. Some people say, once I start eating, I, I have a really hard time. I have a harder time to stop. And that's why they really enjoy intermittent fasting, for instance. And that is one way to shorten your eating window. Um... And I'm absolutely for that if you have a small amount of calories to go uh, to consume and if you still manage to hit your protein intake and if it doesn't interfere with your training. So from a personal experience, I know that I used to work shift work and I had to start pretty early and um, at first I 
wanted to have my breakfast or I thought I should have my breakfast before going to work. So that was like 5 a.m. And then I'd stick with my usual evening times and I'd have like my last snack at maybe 8.30 or whatever. And not just was that not good because I didn't give my digestive tract enough of a rest throughout the night. We want to aim for 10 to 12 hours every night of a rest for our digestion. But also it was a huge eating window. So from my breakfast, I quote unquote had to wait for my lunch, you know, over seven hours. And I'm somebody for my blood sugar levels. I do much better with smaller intervals, maybe like three hours between meals. So I decided not to eat before going to work and then um, eating my first meal and my first break at around about nine o'clock. And that worked much better because that meant I had an eating window of about 12 hours or less actually, and regular meal times. And so when we go into a dieting phase and our calories become less, uh, it might be worth pushing out that first meal. It might be worth eating dinner earlier. It might be worth skipping a snack that you used to have. So just play around with those eating windows. And perhaps you're finding it feels better to stick with the same size, same frequency, but reducing the sizes. So if you used to at maintenance, you used to have meals, main meals of, you know, 500 calories or something like that per meal, um, simply reducing that to 350 or 400 calories per meal and still sticking with the same frequency might work well. Or you might be something, no, somebody who says, no, I need to have a larger meal and I want to feel reasonably satiated after one meal. And I'd rather go for a longer period of time between meals. And that could work too. So it might just mean that you are shifting from five meals per day to four. So keep playing around with that. And, um, you can really, really do quite a lot of, quite a lot of good for your hunger when it comes to that. Um, fourth point would be to minimize slash eliminate alcohol. And I'm saying minimize slash eliminate because depending on your dieting phase, you might still want to incorporate a little bit of alcohol, especially if it's a longer dieting phase, if, especially if you're somebody who used to struggle with all or nothing thinking, it can be actually really great practice too. Um, incorporate alcohol from time to time because it stirs you away from that all or nothing thinking. But if we only have a short amount of time, if you are someone who has hormonal struggles, who's in perimenopause or menopause, so you are much more sensitive to alcohol anyway. If you're someone who's generally speaking already pretty hungry, keep in mind that alcohol is basically empty calories. It's not going to fill you up whatsoever. It's basically like drinking water when it comes to your satiation. On the contrary, it might actually make you hungrier because from, as you probably know, <laughs> generally speaking, when we consume alcohol, we want to have more treat foods after that. And people tend to serve um, more highly palatable foods with alcohol, whether that be burgers, whether that's just uh, crackers and cheese and stuff like that, you know, all these things are not going to satiate you quite, uh, quite a bit. So keep that in mind. And I personally think it's going to be easier for you to adhere to your overall calorie window when you perhaps just say like, Hey, I'm just in this cut for 12 weeks. It's not that big of a deal for me to say, Hey guys, I'm going out with you guys 
tonight I'm going to be the sober driver. I'm just going to stick with my soda water or Diet Coke or whatever it might be. And I can have just as much fun without the alcohol potentially. It doesn't mean that you can't be social. <laughs> you just need to communicate about it openly. And I personally, um, for several years, I didn't drink at all. And even now I might have one drink once a month or so. I just I just love getting up early. I love feeling super fresh in the morning. And so sometimes it's just, I prefer um, feeling great in my training than having that next day where I'm feeling kind of groggy. And even with two drinks, to be entirely honest, I don't feel super fresh anymore. So it's something that I choose to do very consciously on a rare occasion. But there were several years where I didn't drink at all because I actually had um, somewhat alcohol poisoning um, on my bachelorette party. <laughs> and after that, I decided that I was going to give it give up alcohol for some time until I was craving it again and I did for probably three or four years and then I just one day I thought oh I'd love to have a glass of wine with this meal and I did and I enjoyed it so it was not something where I was like punishing myself or anything like that it was just a conscious decision and um most of the time throughout that that those years where I didn't drink at all I felt like it bothered other people more than it bothered me and I just said like hey I'm not you know, keeping you from having your fun. I'm still being the life of the party here or trying trying to be part of the party here. And um, after a few, few months, people accepted it and actually stopped offering the alcohol to me as well because they were just like, oh, that's Lisa who doesn't drink, you know. So anyway, um, circling back to the actual topic, <laughs> Minimizing alcohol can, or generally liquid calories, so that includes juice, that includes um, oftentimes smoothies and stuff like that too, uh, definitely helps. Although protein shakes can be an exception here, um, but even here you're probably going to feel more satiated eating the chicken breast or eating the yogurt instead of drinking your whey, your protein. Um, that doesn't mean that it can, it's not a very convenient measure. So, you know, we always have to weigh the two sides. Point number five for my tips of how to feel fuller or less hungry in a dieting phase would be to keep active or busy, but keeping stress low. So just because you're in a dieting phase, I don't want you to <laughs> fill up your schedule so much that you're super, super stressed and then it turns into emotional eating or stress eating or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But when we are home all the time, when we're watching TV, when we're um, just sitting too much and looking at the fridge too much, watching yeah, watching ads and so on or social media, we are just so much more inclined to want to eat because we're visually stimulated or bored for that matter but um many people especially at night they say like oh, I come home from work and I just want to uh, I just want to eat something because I finally get to relax and that's absolutely understandable bunching most of your calories in the evening especially carbs is often a good idea also for sleep but stress management overall nonetheless um often it's just a habit of like hey I'm sitting on the couch couch in my mind equals snack slash chips or ice cream or whatever so if you can recondition yourself and say when I'm sitting on the couch I am doing my nails I am 
or sits gonna do a puzzle. I am starting to learn how to knit. So you're keeping your fingers busy. That is one, one advice. Or generally, if you notice other emotional triggers, like oh, I'm so stressed from work, and um, all I want to do is just like just eat a snack. Sometimes that's actually just the desire to want to take a brief break and walking around the block once or taking and going outside and getting some fresh air, calling a friend for five minutes is often just as effective or nearly as effective. So keep that in mind. And also with the keep an active, it, it, it could be something like going for a walk um, that also helps with the stress management. But uh, like I was saying, it I don't want you to just because of this um, advice now to up your steps to 3000 and something super unsustainable and then getting uh, shin splints and not being able to exercise anymore. Or And of course, you can't always just go for a walk when you feel like eating. Absolutely not what I'm saying. We also have to um, take into account training intensity here. So if you're actually too active or too training too intensely, uh, your body is probably going to up its signals for you to eat even more. So keep your training in, in focus high, but keep the training intensity at a level that you can progressively overload and still manage your stress really well. Ideally, perhaps something like three to five strength training sessions per week, eight to 10,000 steps per day. Um, and if needed in that dieting phase, a little bit of extra less cardio, but no high intensity work in the sense of HIT or um, something like CrossFit Orange Theory, etc. That would be just my general advice. Number six would be some additional tools that probably could have come earlier on this list too. In fact, I'm realizing this list is not so much of a hierarchy. It's really everything is important on here. So hydration is going to have a really good effect on your satiation levels too. Oftentimes we mistake thirst for hunger. So making sure you're well hydrated, but not Overhydrated is important too. I have actually seen many, many clients um, try or not intentionally, but overhydrate because they wanted to feel fuller, particularly with carbonated drinks and diet sodas. I have absolutely nothing against diet soda sodas if your digestive tract can handle the artificial sweeteners. But if you drink I don't know, three gallons or whatever, just to feel satiated, that is likely not going to be good for your electrolyte balance too. And um, yeah, those artificial sweeteners, most certainly not as well. So be cautious with those. Nonetheless, gum can also help fight hunger off from time to time. Again, be cautious, be mindful of what sweeteners you tolerate and be mindful of what quantities of sweeteners you tolerate also through protein powders, and bars. Coffee can also help fight off hunger. Another caution here, of course, with the caffeine. Um, and just generally speaking, healthifying various foods that you enjoy regularly or normally when you are not in a dieting phase can also be a really great tool. So let's just say you're craving brownies, or um, bread. There are amazing 
protein bread mixes and even protein brownie mixes. There are amazing knockoffs of even things like cheesecake where you can have high protein cheesecake with yes with artificial sweeteners um but for very very minimal amounts of calories and they will satiate you or you know fill that kind of craving not saying that's something you should have every single day but maybe once or twice a week so that you feel like you want to and can go on with your diet while still having a little bit of fun um or substituting regular pasta for bean pasta, substituting regular rice for konjac rice or noodles. Um, so lots and lots of little hacks that, yes, we want to be mindful of. And um, some of those things should not be consumed on a daily basis, like I said, but every now and then most certainly could be a really great adherence tool. My last point here is going to be sleep. And that is always sort of a boring point where people start zoning out because they're like, yes, I know I should sleep seven hours a night, blah, blah, blah. If you still don't <laughs> believe in the power of sleep, also when it comes to regulating your hunger hormones, please go and read or listen to Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. There is a lot of super helpful information on there as to um, what happens in our body when we even just sleep less than six hours per night or have even just one night of five hours of sleep, immediately our hunger hormones um, do go up and satiation hormone goes down. So don't disregard this important pointer. So just to sort of sum up my seven points, it was the the first point to help with hunger signals or to help you feel less hungry in a dieting phase was mostly stick with whole foods. 80 to 90% of your food should come from whole foods. Second point, protein. Protein is the most satiating macro. It is hardest to digest and you're going to have much less cravings, um, even just from a better blood sugar regulation and those amino acids signaling your brain that you're actually full. Third point was to tweak your eating window in a way that really works best for you. So potentially uh, intermittent fasting, potentially playing also with meal sizes and meal frequency, and not necessarily just assuming that what you did at maintenance is what you should be going with when you're in a calorie deficit. Fourth point is to minimize or eliminate alcohol or liquid calories generally, specifically or especially if you have if you are in perimenopause or menopause. This can really really help um, accelerate your weight loss. Also, potentially if you have thyroid problems, and um, this could be another helpful trick. Fourth, fifth point was to keep active. So um, basically when people uh, sit in a car all day long or are, sentry all day, are at home all day long, it's sometimes really, really difficult to be adherent because all they think about is food. But, you know, distract yourself in other ways, distract your hands, be mindful of your emotional triggers and um, manage your training in a way that it obviously um, helps your activity um, thermogenesis or the calories that you burn through exercise, but that it doesn't necessarily skyrocket your hunger and stress signals. And then the sixth point was work with additional tools, stay hydrated, don't overdo it though, make sure your electrolytes are balanced, 
additional things like consuming coffee, gum, um, healthified versions of foods that you generally crave are also um, helpful from time, time to time in a balanced and moderate way and only if your, your body tolerates them well. And then lastly, really focusing on your sleep as well because that is going to have such a positive impact on your hunger signals and just going to mentally make you or put you in a much, much better space to sustain your calorie deficit for however long you need to be in there. But again, we want to have a timeline. We don't just want to say we're in a dieting phase now forever. Having a periodized approach to your nutrition is going to make it so um, much Easy, more easy for you or so, so much easier for you to eat, adhere from a mental perspective and potentially also implementing things like refeed days or maintenance periods throughout again very much dependent on how much weight you want to lose if you have a particular deadline or not if you have any questions about this about periodizing your nutrition or you want further advice on keeping your min your hunger minimal don't hesitate to reach out. You can also find us um, on Instagram, of course, at Nutrition Coaching and Life on our website. And of course, I would love for you to subscribe, to comment, any kind of feedback, um, to share the episode if you found this helpful at all. And I look forward to you tuning in in our next episode as well. Thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at nutrition, coaching, and life, or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.